Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit make these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The Eucalyptus Fiber Upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, people, you know that sound that is the Unfiltered Band. It means, yes, another episode of Unfiltered, yet this one, as they say... Like the four questions, not like any other night or day. It's the MLB postseason, and it begins right now. Welcome on board. You could jump on board the Unfiltered Revolution anytime. All you got to do is get me on Twitter, at Casey Stern. Jump into the bio and get onto the YouTube channel. You can get all the episodes, all the videos of all the interviews and conversations, including what's to come on a daily basis along the way here in the MLB postseason, which gets underway in 30 seven minutes that's if you're live with me and if you are you can chat with me along the way on twitter replies get into the chat you also can uh, go ahead obviously if you're an apple spotify everywhere else you get your podcast and this will be up here in an hour or two get to me at casey stern with any responses reactions predictions and more i said this yesterday in twitter and i'll say it now verbally predictions in the postseason in this sport covering this almost 20 years you are an ass if you go chalk. You're an idiot if you don't. Regardless, you're going to be made to look foolish. So I'll try to be foolish with you and give you my predictions of where I am along the way. Uh, look, these these are things, you know, for the Met fans, this is not, you know, I'm not going to give you what I want to happen. This is you know supposed to be reality of at least what I think. And in some cases, maybe I'll be right. In others, maybe I hope I'm wrong. Regardless, I'll give you what I got. Give me your predictions. Who do you think is going to get to the World Series, come out of the American League and the National League? Who wins it? How many games? Get me right now at Casey Stern. I'll read some of your replies on the air as we go here live. As always, we are presented here at Unfiltered by our good friends at Bet Online, And that's where I tell you that football is back and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. Latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends as your continued source for all sports wagering info. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, Giveaways all season long. It's always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Just head over to betonline.ag. Betonline.ag. Join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use this promo code. It's BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive all your rewards. 100% of a welcome bonus. Promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. BetOnline where the game starts as we get started. And again, we'll follow suit. The rosters are, uh, I say trickling in because normally they just get dumped and it was supposed to be in by 10 o'clock this morning, local time, wherever the teams were playing. And now, you know, the, the Mets are unveiling them. Like, you know, we're watching Woj steal draft picks before they come out. So, you know, obviously only in Met fashion that will happen that way, but 
That begins the bit of news that came out, at least so far, assuming it is correct. And I haven't seen the full roster. I'm keeping posted on it as you are as we go here live. But Starling Marte on the roster. Now, is he on the roster because they feel like if they need to, they can you know give a pinch at AB? Is he on the roster because Terrence Gore would get a spot? So they give Marte a spot where he can go ahead and pinch run if needed and maybe hope that in the next couple of days he can be ready to get an at-bat. In an emergency situation, he could play the field because he's gripping the ball better than he's hitting. You know, you never know. As far as what we've known over the weeks in terms of Marte, it seemingly was more of an issue for him to grip it to throw the ball with the broken finger, and he's a terrific outfielder, than it would be for him to grip it and hit it, which is one of the reasons why I've been saying you wonder if he can hit before he gets in the field, could he even see a designated hitter opportunity? Who knows what part Marte will play, but you could tell the Mets are handling this roster not by who did what for them this year or even who they need the rest of the way to win a World Series. They're handling it the way you need to, which is who are we going to need to win this series, which is why it looks like reportedly Carlos Carrasco, Taiwan Walker, not going to be part of this recently pitched. Trevor Williams, not going to be part of this recently pitched. All three would set up Williams out of the pen, the other two to start in the Dodgers series, should they make it that far. Obviously, a lot of talk already about the fact that Max is starting today in game one, TBD in game two, which you would figure, and seemingly it's going to be this way, It'll be Jacob DeGrom if they lose game one to try and bring things even and extend it and then pass it in game three. And it'll be Bassett in game two if they don't need to go with DeGrom, if they win game one. And then obviously if Bassett does not do that and they're even, then it would be DeGrom with the season on the line in game three. The attempt to be that you could you know, sit there and win the first two games and have him be set up for game one of the next series with the Dodgers. Want to be fair and explain this part to you that I don't think people talk about enough. Everybody's singing about you know, Buck being cute in this situation if you're a Met fan, but I think this is much more about the blister. You look at the last couple of starts, you look at all the home runs that he gave up, you look at the situation with the blister that we were not aware of that came out afterwards after the start with him talking about it, and I think clearly it seems to me like this is advantageous to them to at least attempt if they win a game today, then if Bassett could do it, to try and give him this extra rest. So, yeah, it's obviously, you know, doubly a positive for them. It would set up for him to pitch game one and game five in a next series against the Dodgers. Gives you a way better chance, clearly. Uh, we've already seen him in this situation going all the way back to pitching game five in the 2015 game where he had a rough start and settled down in a game that really, remember, Thor. Now the Philly came out of the bullpen and they were able to win that series in five games. So it all sets up that way. But I think it's even more so about, hey, look, if we could rest the blister another couple of days and get the right version of Jacob deGrom, let's do it. That's why it is interesting to see Marte on the roster because they're not going to just kick up a spot if, you know, they don't think that it's possible he could play. You know, we're yet to see lineups and see where we're at tonight. Is this, you know, Buck uh, pulling Belichick on us, being a little coy, maybe Marte more ready than we think? Remember the last time we saw him hit off a tee, they said, you know, pretty much, and I'm paraphrasing, it wasn't that encouraging. That was just two, three days ago. So let's see what we got. Alvarez, by the way, looking like he's already reported to be on the roster. As far as the Mets are concerned, that game coming up tonight, Mets and Padres, you uh, Darvish, there's a lot of pressure on you, Darvish, if you're a Padre fan or a baseball fan who looks at this because a pitcher of the month, clearly understandable why he gets the start in this game. But I think if you're being fair and you look at Darvish outside of one start in an LCS after he came over to the Dodgers, all you remember is whether there was sign stealing or not, the issues in two different games in the World Series, 
times where he's been, you know, asked to kind of step up and be a big time pitcher. And he has had issues doing that. We'll see whether or not that's going to be the case tonight. I expect both Darvish and Scherzer to pitch well in what should be a raucous crowd coming up this evening at City Field. Game time slated for 8.07 first pitch on ESPN. The games start today, and I'm going to get through these games. We're going to preview these. We'll also preview all the series, and I'll give you my predictions here. Curious on yours, if you're watching or listening live, jump in at Casey Stern. Get in on Twitter. Let me know who do you think's winning the World Series, who's taking it, how many games, and what's your thought on these four series that begin in the first time that we've ever seen this play out with the three-game set for the wild card round. It begins today with quite a matchup with McClanahan and Bieber. And, you know, I think these are two teams that, you know, disrespect. This is kind of like the disrespect bowl. You know, Tampa Bay has always kind of felt that even when we should have respected them when they've had better regular seasons than the one that they're having right than they had just now, we've never seemed to give them credit yet. And don't ask a Yankee fan because they're aware of this. We've seen situations like go back to the 60 game shortened season where they came through and Brasso against Chapman. We've seen them get to a World Series. Who knows what if Blake Snell doesn't get taken out by Kevin Cash, et cetera, whether or not we see a game seven in that set. But I think when you, you take the Guardians, they almost don't get enough credit even as a dark horse. People don't remember that it was a far different team, but Tito had this team back a few years ago. This isn't that long ago, six, seven years ago, make a couple of deep runs, get to a World Series, and barring a rain situation, could have feasibly won one. And that was a team that not a lot of people were giving credit, regardless of the division play, regardless of the winning that they did during the year. People did not think they would get past Toronto in that series. And that was before they even obviously went on and played for the, the World Series against the Chicago Cubs. And that Cleveland Indians team, you compare it to this one. Yeah, they had Kluber at the front end. We understand what he did. Wasn't as good at the end. But you've got, you know, with Bieber and McKenzie and Quantrill, the pitching that the Cleveland Guardians can give you, they've got a, a lineup that's driven by contact and a different day, a different hero. They're not really relying on, you know, thump where it's just one guy is going to sit there and, and drive the ball, regardless of we know how great Jose Ramirez is clearly and is the star of the team. They've got a lot of guys that they have really relied on. And the biggest thing that they've got in terms of their offense and their contributions is a ton of confidence and confidence in each other. And I was sitting there during those games, during that stage in Cleveland, and regardless of what you say about their attendance during the regular season, regardless of what issues you have with it, when it comes down to the postseason, that's a pretty raucous environment. Should be a great home field crowd coming up. This advantage here for them in these three games, including coming up this afternoon with this start now just scheduled to be uh, just about 28 minutes from now as we speak here live on Unfiltered. Again, welcome to all of you's belated who are here on Apple, Spotify, and everywhere else you get your podcast to Unfiltered, presented by our good friends at Bet Online. Uh, in that series, just to kind of give you a prediction, first of all, picking a three-game set is so difficult. You know, go ask a Met fan and, and Pete Alonso referencing it yesterday, getting swept by the Cubs. Go ask any fan of a bad team who sat there and beat a good team. And look, the Dodgers lost some series this year, as unbelievable as that seems uh, with the way they played. The Astros lost some big series, as unbelievable as that seems. And when you're rooting for the bad team that wins those sets, you almost don't understand. Like, how do we play these uh, this well in three games and we can't figure it out? Baseball is a funny thing. A five-game series is too short to tell which is a better team. It doesn't give you an idea fully of the depth and what that team as a roster and that kind of cream rises to the top, right, brings to the table after 162. So you got to lessen that even more so when you're dealing with a three-game set. Yes, the home team will have an advantage, 
But I sat there and watched as great a pitching performance as I've ever seen in person in my life, Madison Bumgarner in Kansas City. And I don't think he cared whether he was pitching on, on even a different planet or on Earth because he certainly didn't pitch like he was from Earth that night. It's just one example of how many times we've seen every home team is going to tell you this is the great advantage. This is what we've earned. Everybody stand up and give it and all of that. But all of a sudden, a own team comes in. They smack you in the face. They get up 2 nothing in a first inning. The crowd is quieted. You're in a three-game set. So all of a sudden, two losses, you go home. Now a crowd's getting tight late in the game. Now there's you know, hugs and handshakes and all that and 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 high fives. And you're, you're one game away from you know winning on the road. You don't care where you're playing anymore. So that's how, how quickly all of the momentum can shift for some of these road teams, including obviously your first and foremost today, when you look at the likes of Tampa Bay, of Philadelphia, of San Diego, and of Seattle. But in this series, I've got Cleveland. I think the Guardians will help Yankee fans out who want nothing to do with the Rays, clearly. And I talked about that yesterday with Mark Feinstein, who was my guest. Regardless of whether or not the Guardians, and they are, have been a better team this year than the Tampa Bay Rays, there is absolutely nobody, and I mean nobody, who is rooting for the Yankees and probably deep down who plays for the Yankees who wants to go to the trop or have anything to do with being in a situation where you are sitting there and you've got to go ahead and go win games against that Tampa team that has just found a way to beat the Yankees time and time again when it has mattered. I'm going Guardians in this series. Philadelphia Phillies, you know, look, uh, jokes aside, their fundamentals have not been good. Their defense has been bad. They seem to do a lot of things within the margins that are, are not good. And one of the problems you have in the postseason when you're trying to win in this sport and you're trying to beat a better team, you need a couple of things. One is dominant starting pitching because that evens that tide and those tables, right, and that pendulum very, very quickly. And you could shut down bats. We've seen it in the postseason and even in October, people. Great pitching will stop great hitting. So you need that. The other thing you need is clearly, absolutely, without a doubt, to play good fundamental baseball. What are we talking about? Not just defense and hitting cutoff men, but runner at third less than two outs, finding a way to get a fly ball, hitting to the your right side of the field, whether you're, you're, you're sacrificing yourself or not to get runners over in big spots. Those kind of things, they matter within the margins much more in October. And the Phillies have been bad at literally seemingly all of those things, if we're being fair, over the course of the season. That's the biggest issue I have because the frontline pitching end of it, they have. When you look at Wheeler and Nola, who was just absolutely brilliant in his last time out that we saw him in the regular season, these are guys who absolutely could deal. They can get big outs. And even with the Cardinal lineup that'll feature Albert Pujols hitting second today, you got Arenado, Goldie, who we know is you know hit or miss. He was hot all season, seemingly a giveaway for him for the MVP, and then he had a lot of struggles late down the stretch. Can he get hot again? Remember, Paul Goldschmidt was a guy that we saw you know, in this uniform, in this city, strike out seven times in a row at one point during a postseason not too long ago, and it seemed like he hadn't struck out seven times in maybe the previous hundred at-bats before that. That's how good he was. He, he is very, he's very much like a three-point shooter in the NBA. When Goldie is hot, can't go anywhere near him. When he's not, it, it could be a far different story. That's going to be something to watch. Jose Quintana's on the other side. He'll get the start for St. Louis. What can you say about what Quintana and Montgomery, two names that weren't big, but have pitched certainly more than that, what those lefties have done for the Cardinals? Miles Michaelis will get game two seemingly in between. Uh, we'll see where Wayno kind of fits into that whole thing. I think you know both of these managers have done a heck of a job. I think certainly Rob Thompson put it in a difficult spot in you know coming in after Joe Girardi. It just didn't work. A guy who I think is a terrific manager for whatever reason, it just didn't work there. So you know, give credit to both guys for what they've done. But I think you know talent will play out and the depth and St. Louis in 
that it factor kind of a thing that you just have felt from them all season long with what Albert Pujols has given them. I think it's going to be too much to overcome, even though it's in three games that quickly. I expect the Cardinals to win this series and to move on. So got two favorites so far, Guardians and Cardinals. Let's get to the third series. Luis Castillo earned the contract that he's gotten. He's been great since the pickup. The Mariners did a heck of a job when the Yankees, among others, and certainly at the forefront, were fighting with them at the trade deadline to go get his services. What he has done to add to and build what already was a deepening rotation, obviously the Robbie Ray Revenge Series here. You've got all kinds of different things when you think about all the young arms that they have out there that they put out, not only as starters, but in the bullpen. We know what J-Rod Julio Rodriguez has done during the year. I think both of these teams are dangerous in their own way. They're in the wrong side of the bracket. I'm not going to say that the Yankees are a team that is entirely vulnerable because to be fair, if we're looking at it in terms of what have you done for me lately? Severino was brilliant. Cortez, brilliant. Garrett Cole, certainly we know what he's capable of doing. I don't know what they're going to do in the back end of the bullpen, but if their offense continues to come in bunches, Stanton has looked healthier, further away from the injury. Anthony Rizzo back in the lineup. We know what Glaber Torres is capable of. Guys like Cabrera giving them all that they need in terms of those catalyst kind of ABs and moments. The Yankees look a lot better than even, you know, that's how quickly baseball changes, right? Look a lot better than even three weeks ago. But you'd rather face them than the Astros. Now, you'd rather face the Astros in five than in seven. And I think in a five-game series that both Seattle and Toronto could pose an issue for Houston, especially when they'll be going in with more momentum and there's a layoff at play. Said this before over the last couple of weeks. This is not being talked about enough when you look at the current postseason format, how important this is with this layoff. Layoffs kill teams. We watched that team in 07 in Colorado. You win 21 in 22 days. You go ahead and you beat Philadelphia as an underdog. Then you go ahead and beat Brandon Webb, who was brilliant that year in game one, and you sweep. And, you know, now you're waiting. And I'm not saying they're going to beat the Red Sox necessarily, but they got wiped off the field outside of what Maddie, what Matt Holiday did offensively. And I'm not so sure that would have happened if they had been in that rhythm. That's how important momentum seems to play. Uh, we've had situations where I think at two different times, Jim Leland ran into this when he was a manager, one of the all-time guys. And I think the second time, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is fair and accurate with the Tigers. He was even going down to Lakeland having guys simulate games just to try and do something to keep them busy. When you end a season on the highs that the Dodgers and the Astros had, you've got no races. You're not playing meaningful games. You're in a spot where it's that easy for that long. Then you get a layoff to watch some baseball. You're waiting. You're waiting. You're waiting. Yes, it rests your players. Yes, you can set up the pitching rotation. And sure. In both cases, those things are highly valuable if you're a manager. However, for the players, don't take my word for it, ask them. That momentum of being in that game seven mode and that mentality, all it takes, remember what I just talked about of that early game on the road, all it takes is, just as an example, a situation like this, Toronto, who I've got winning this series, and I'll get to here in a second, they go into Houston and, you know, they somehow are able to, you know, keep up with Verlander, right? Doesn't dominate as much. And look, we know how brilliant he's been. And they go get a game one win and you beat Verlander and knock them up the first time. And Toronto's kind of a crazy crowd to come back to in the middle of that series. All of a sudden, it's, it's very different. And it's how important game one becomes in those five game sets for these road teams, especially when the other team is dealing with a layoff. Because all it takes is a couple of innings. You jump on three nothing and the other team's slow. And, and and that's it. You know, I, I've often used this reference in hockey. We always talk about, hey, look, if you're sitting there in the opposing team's building, you got to kind of withstand that first 10 minutes of that first period in some of these games. 
in baseball, it's kind of the opposite. If you're the home team of the layoff, you got to withstand that road team that's been riding high on fire for the first few innings of a game one. That's your first 10 minutes. Settle things down. Put them in check to where reality sets in for them. Put your fans back in in terms of, hey, look, you know, look, we're going for something here and keep that fan base you know, crazy in a game one rather than being quieted because the other way can really silence all that momentum. I love Alec Manoa. He's a huge reason why, and he pitches today, that I've got the Jays in this series. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. They got a lot of the things you like. No, I don't know necessarily what I'm getting from Stripling in a start in a postseason. You never seem to know, regardless of the stuff, what you're getting out of Barrios. The middle of their bullpen is a question mark for me with some of the guys they have, getting to Romano, who's been brilliant. But when you think about the high end, you got high end in Manoa. You got high end in... Uh, Gosman, you got high end in Romano. You got guys who can get swings and misses, get outs from the best hitters, all those things. You got a Springer and a revenge series against Houston, perhaps, if they can get past these first three. You've got a guy in Bobuchet who carried him over the second half. Guys like Vladdy and Teoscar Hernandez and others who can. They've, they've got everything that you need to be dangerous. They won a bunch of games down the stretch. They were way better in the final six to eight weeks than people gave them credit for. Weren't paying a lot of attention because we knew they'd get a wild card. They weren't going to get a division. So yeah, there were a couple of series here and there against Tampa Bay that were meaningful, but overall people kind of discounted and I think, you know, played back on them a little bit, but they are a problem. And I'll, I'll, I'll say this and I, I I'll, I'll put this out there because I'll be kicking myself. I've got the Astros winning the World Series, and I'll get to all the predictions, right? And I've got them beating Toronto, who I think they'll face in the next round. But I was really, 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 really close to taking Toronto in that five-game set. I think Houston is the best team overall. But I think when you combine the layoff and the five-game set, everybody's vulnerable in some way. And you know, forget about the fact that Toronto was 4-2 and two against Houston this year. It really doesn't matter. I often reference 88 just because it was painful for me. Mets win 11 out of 12, and then Earl Hershiser and Mike Sosha send them home, so it doesn't matter. But there is something about the way the Jays have played. The story that we've seen before of kind of like you know high, high expectations and inconsistent, and they kind of get forgotten, but they just turn everything you thought they could turn on. A lot of people had them before the season in the World Series, many. And they just turn on the right time. I was very, very close, and not just for, you know, you know what's in giggles. We'll stay family-rated here for this postseason preview, uh, just to do something different, but because I buy into them. I would, I will not be surprised at all if they find a way to win this series against Seattle and knock off Houston. But I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that Houston can get through five. In seven, I don't think anybody in this sport is going to beat the Astros with the depth of their pitching they have and some of the things that Dusty can do in that lineup. I, I just don't see it. I think they're going to be too much to deal with for an opposing pitcher, I think they're going to bullpen wear you out in a series because of what their bats can do. Their bullpen's got more to offer and has done a nice job. They've got, they're have got they loaded with arms. People discounted because of how great Verlander is, what Valdez was doing. Again, they're in first place, so nobody paying attention. It's not just about the quality starts. It's about how much quality this guy was giving every five games. McCullers is a dog in big spots. Urquidy, I mean, how many guys they have that have been there and done that before? I think the Astros are taking it this year, and my guy Dusty is going to do that thing uh, finally and be able to kind of put that that but one remaining piece to bed in terms of his resume. But I think the Jays, the Jays in five may give Houston the biggest problem, and I think that series will go five games. But in the American League, look, I, I got the, the Yankees and the Astros. It's, it's bit chalk. 
Um, I, I do think that the Yankees will outlast the Guardians. I do think that for them, especially with some of the issues and, and the guys who are young in that bullpen who have had their arms worn out a little bit, we've seen obviously what's happened to Holmes over the course of the second half. I think it's really beneficial for the Yankees to have this extra rest versus, versus some other people. All the pressure of Judge, everything that's happened with that, kind of regroup. You know, lick their wounds a little bit, you know, revel in the fact that, hey, look, you had the kind of season you did shake off all the history stuff and everything else that people were chasing and looking into instead of paying attention to that team and get after it. And I really, truly believe that the Yankees have a chance to to do some real damage in the postseason. It wouldn't surprise me if they went to the World Series. It wouldn't surprise me if they won it. I do think Garrett Cole will step up. And I think that people, when they. They look at Cortez, need to realize how dominant this dude could be. No, he's never been here before. Severino in the last start, I love what I saw out of that. I can't pick teams with bullpen questions the level of they have to go win a World Series, so I got Houston knocking them off. But if the pieces came together, then maybe. And remember, just a couple of options, you know, kind of references of how pieces can come together at a last second in a postseason, because it wouldn't be the first time that that's happened. I remember Tony La Russa and all the best to him and his health as he moves forward. I remember a situation where I joked with him, talking to him on the field right after they won the World Series, asking him if he was ready now to name Jason Mott the closer, a guy who was not the closer. And they had Franklin, and I can't even remember how many others that had been so beforehand and were sort of mixing and matching, and Tony made him the guy, and it works. Go ask people here in Atlanta where I live how much they trusted and lack thereof Will Smith a year ago at this time. Then go look what he did in the postseason. These things have happened before. The Dodgers didn't expect that Urias would be the guy that they would lean on in that three-inning spot to go ahead and win a World Series. I remember being in Houston and sitting right behind, actually, Brad Peacock's family when he had that three-inning performance. Nobody expected out of him when Ken Giles was supposed to be dot, 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 and wasn't. So... These things can come together. It can for the Yankees. I'm not picking it, though. So I got Astros over Yankees. I got the Astros in the World Series in the American League. Let's get to the National League side and start with this series here with the Mets and the Padres. I think the Padres are a really good team. I think discounting them in three games is dumb. I think if any Met fan believes this is going to be easy, it's not. If any Met fan believes the Padres can't beat them, they can. Anybody can beat anybody in three games. And the Cubs swept you in three games just a few weeks ago, right? Anything possible. Marte is healthy and, a, and an impact performer. It's going to help the Mets the rest of the way for sure, regardless of to what extent it is. Uh, Alvarez, we saw it look better, obviously, in the final ABs of the season. We'll see whether or not he can get lightning in a bottle and do something. Remember, going back to Houston, even though it was far earlier in the regular season, he had already proved his pedigree at the big league level. Remember, Jordan Alvarez during the World Series. And to me, first and foremost, the adjustments he made, if you recall, and go check the numbers, he's something like one for 21 before he went seven for his next 11 in the World Series. So maybe last name, uh, the same. Situation different, came on later, a little bit unfair, you know, Alvarez in situations against, you know, guys like Iglesias and Kenley and, and you know, some really terrific arms for a 20-year-old thrust in a spot trying to do too much, not taking anything away, not giving too much credit, not trying to make too many excuses. We'll see what kind of a role he plays on this roster for the Mets. It's this simple for the Mets. If you can get Marte healthy enough and you've got Max and Jake the way they're supposed to look, right? And those three things happen, even with the bullpen that's going to be a little Swiss cheese at time and, and you trouble you leading up to sugar, even with the question about, you know, hey, look, does Bassett rebound and pitch the way he did for two months versus the way we saw against Atlanta? What are you getting out of Cookie or Taiwan? They're not on this roster, but if you're going to go deep, clearly one of those guys probably, you know, if you're going three games in this series, one of those guys definitely pitching a game one against the Dodgers. Most likely you'd figure Taiwan Walker in that spot. But, you know, how does it all match up? 
What's Buck able to do? It all comes down to you know, Marte's help, Max and Jake being Max and Jake at a high level. If the Mets do that, they'll beat the Padres and, and go further than even that. And I've got them going further than even that. I said this a few weeks ago, and I have no problem that I'm going to be the guy. You remember what I said at the beginning? Postseason predictions, you're either chalk and you're an ass, or you go against the grain and then you're an idiot. So I'm going to be half-ass, half-idiot, which seems like maybe I should just put that in my Twitter bio anyway. So I'm fine with that. All right? Get in line. I got the Mets beating the Dodgers in five. I said this three weeks ago on an episode of Unfiltered, and I, this was when the Mets were in first place. I said that the Mets and the Braves would meet each other in the LCS. I'm sticking to that and believe that. Now, I'm going to be totally fair. When I saw the last three games of that, that season and how much better the Braves were than the Mets, I felt good about the Braves beating the Dodgers. I wasn't sure about how I felt about the Mets. All right? Am I worried about the blister with Jacob deGrom? I am. Am I worried about how much Marte can give you? And if the lineup's deep enough, if he's not, I am. Do I think Brandon Nimmo is going to have a hell of an October and that's the guy you should watch? This guy's ABs down the stretch, even in the last series. I know it's the Nationals. The things he said, how, how energized he was from the dejection you could tell he felt from that series. I'm keying in, and I said this to guys. I was on with the, the guys. Uh, give me a shot. I love them. Ben and Woods over in San Diego yesterday. And I said this to them. They, they said to me, hey, look, you know, McNeil batting title. We know Alonzo and Lindor. Who's the other guy? The guy you just you're going to be that pain in the ass if the Mets win this series and go deep in the postseason. It's Nimmo. It's Nimmo. Even with me telling you the importance of Marte being back in there, because I think Nimmo is is at the right time looking like he's about to get really locked in at the plate. And it makes them way better when he's doing that. And he's a terrific player and a free agent playing for money. So I, I like him and watching him. I have felt for a long time, if you could ever be vulnerable as a 110-win team, which seems like you can't be, it seems impossible, the Dodgers are that. The Dodgers are that. A lot of lefties. Now, look, I know specifically the Mets have not hit lefties well. But in general, in terms of their going deep into a postseason, a lot of lefties in, in the postseason. I love the story of Tyler Anderson, what he's done. Have no idea with, with you know his lack of swings and misses and contact, how that plays in a postseason. Usually not well. Sometimes you sneak away with it. Not comparing the two, but I remember years ago, going back to Cleveland, Josh Tomlin, very nice year, terrific guy. Story with his dad. He had come in the postseason. Real pitch to contact guy. And... He was brilliant against Toronto. Had no idea how he went through that lineup, which was a gauntlet. And then all of a sudden it came back and he looked like Josh Tomlin again, trying to get outs and swings and misses, which you need in October. I wonder about that. The bullpen and not knowing where you're going to go in an eighth and ninth inning, that usually creates more problems than it does help. That's not because I think the save is the most important stat. It's not because I don't understand, because I do, the importance of you know, you know know high leverage situations and matchups. And the Dodgers are as good as that at that as anybody. But they also sometimes are paralysis by analysis, and it gets them into trouble. And I wouldn't be surprised because they have to do so much in the bullpen if Doc, whether orders from above or not, gets into a situation, whether it's a starter out of the pen. Remember, go back to this is a few years ago when the Nationals won in 2019. I still remember Clayton Kershaw with inherited runners getting getting Adam Eaton to get out of an inning. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's amazing. What a moment for him. And then all of a sudden, there he is against Rendon and Soto to start the next inning. And you found out, which he admitted after the game, that they already had told him like an all-star game. And if you remember, the 
this is true, the order of who is going to pitch in that game. Like, that's you can't handle things that way. The Dodgers overmanage, not Doc, because it's the organization. They overmanage that kind of stuff. When you got this many questions and concerns in a bullpen and injuries, they haven't played a big game in I don't know how many months. The last big game the Dodgers played was probably that trumpet series, which is way bigger for the Mets than it was for the Dodgers. The Mets took two out of three. I think the Mets or the Braves, I said this beforehand, this is not a Met thing. I said it three weeks ago when I thought the Braves were going to be in this series, that one of these two would beat the Dodgers in five. I got the Mets beating the Dodgers in five. And now the, the bad news for the Mets fans. And I want to look, and I'm pausing here because we're live about seven minutes away from first pitch. And the roster, I believe, just came out. I'm trying to see as I go here live for the for the Mets because I want to see exactly what it is. We'll find out about the Marte situation in terms of whether or not he is able to be more than, you know, just somebody that's going to be pinch running. I mean, I, I don't know necessarily what the situation. And again, you know, when you're doing this live as these things are coming out, these are the things that happen. So bear with me if you're going back to any kind of a, a delay. Um, but I, I think for the Mets... Beating the Braves in a seven-game series, from what I saw, is going to be very, very difficult. It's going to be very, very difficult. Roster for you on the Mets just released, so this is live. Again, on the pitching side, you don't have any uh, Taiwan Walker, Carlos Carrasco, Trevor Williams. They would be ready, and that's not just to hold them. They're recently pitched, and you figure one, if not two, of the first three I mentioned would be needed to start. Trevor Williams as the, the Long Island relief. So what do you got? You got additional bullpen arms. Tyler McGill is on the roster. I don't trust him at all. I love the start of the season, but I don't trust McGill at all. To me, he's a damage control, give me innings guy. Try and hopefully down 5 nothing, keep you in a game. Spot in a wild card series where two games you go home, you never want to be in anyway. Uh, David Peterson and Joely Rodriguez, so they got two lefties, obviously. May, Lugo, Drew Smith, and Michael Givens get out on the other side, setting up Edwin Diaz, and the starters being Bassett, DeGrom, and Max Scherzer. Alvarez does make the roster, so three catchers, though you only see him as a DH. Uh, Darren Ruff is on the roster. Starling Marte and Terrence Gore are on the roster. Why is this important? If Gore was off the roster and Marte was in in the wildcard roster, you can make a case. Okay, well, maybe they're going to put Marte on instead of Gore, figuring he can run if they get into a Gore-like spot in game one or two, and maybe by game three, he can give me an at-bat, give me a start, scare you that he's on the bench, make you do something as a manager. They're not playing with two spots being used. With him getting a spot instead of Naquin, with him being an additional outfielder, Starling Marte, you would figure, and we'll see, but you would figure that might mean that we had Buck being a little coy and maybe we're going to get Marte in the lineup here for one of these first couple of games, which makes the Mets a way, way better team. Do I think it's good enough to beat the Braves in seven? I don't. I think you'll have Spencer Strider healthy by then. I worry about DeGrom because even though it's a blister situation, can he get away with it pitching you know, every five days? Can you rely on him in shorter rest? Can you use him you know, and Max out of the arsenal late in a, in a game to end a series in an eighth inning? How's Jake going to be with all of that? I don't know. Uh, I worry a bit about their depth guys in Carrasco and Taiwan who had done, did not have good stretch runs if they have to pitch early in too many series. And eventually they're going to really need to be used because you can't overuse Jake and you got to be careful. So this is not Max and Steven Strasburg even a couple of years ago and riding them that way in a series like that against Atlanta. The Braves just have the boogaboo on the Mets. They have, and I'm not saying since 1999, I mean this team specifically. They have not been able to win in Atlanta. The Braves took six out of seven of the, of the games that they played here, the final seven games here in Atlanta this season, and I think the Braves would win that series. So I'm taking the Astros over the Braves in the World Series. And again, giving you what I think, hope I'm wrong. 
Padres could beat the Mets, they could be gone. The Tampa Bay Rays could go to the World Series. This is the great part about the postseason. What people don't realize, the reason why predictions are crazy about what happens in October is the names are crazy. The, 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 the Christian Colognes, right? The names that you have no idea, like how is that guy going to even play any role whatsoever? Terrence Gore running around seemingly in circles when John Lester's got a 7-3 lead in a seventh inning, one of the best big game pitchers of our time, and the Royals weren't picked to do anything. It was, hey, back pad, how the heck do you do? Go home in nine more outs, and they not only went home, but they went all the way without Bumgarner, would have won the first of two World Series. That is what is great about the postseason. You don't know whether or not it's going to be a roster issue, an injury, a rain situation like Cleveland, Chicago, I mentioned before. Enjoy the postseason. We are literally less than two minutes away from first pitch of the best time every year, every time. This is October. This has been Unfiltered, presented by our good friends at Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.